Miracy. At a certain point, if a prospect wasn't responding to these messages on LinkedIn, we would then move the conversation to email. We would usually double our results by doing that. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters. And I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success, but as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we explore a lesser known email strategy that combines personal connection with a clear sales process with automation for results that can be hugely consequential for your business, especially for adding one-on-one clients to your roster. Our guest is Josh Turner. Josh is the founder and CEO of Connect365, a software company that helps businesses get more leads and sales appointments, as well as build better relationships with prospects through marketing that feels more personal. So welcome to Josh. And now let's jump right into the conversation. So yeah, like what I was doing in the early days was I would be on LinkedIn sharing lots of content. I was trying to get results faster. So I I thought that I could do kind of like a basic drip marketing campaign within LinkedIn. Like cool article here kind of thing or? Exactly. I was finding stuff that I knew they would find valuable that was really good content and I was sharing it. You know, just posting stuff on any social network is usually not going to generate a whole lot of results. But where the real consistent results come in is moving those prospects into a conversation. Back in the day, I used to build these like six, seven message campaigns out to start to move people toward an invitation to have a chat or a coffee or a lunch or something. And that was really successful, but it took so much time. At a certain point, if a prospect wasn't responding to these messages on LinkedIn, we would then move the conversation to email. And we would usually double our results by doing that. That's how we started uh, thinking about using email for this. And then uh, that built a software platform that allows you to automate these personal emails. What our software does is um, ties in with our clients' actual real personal email and allows them to send potentially hundreds of messages to prospects that look like they wrote one-on-one to a friend. And because they actually are sent from their actual email, the delivery rate is way higher, usually hits the primary inbox. Our average open rate is about 40%, which is roughly three or four times what people see from tools like Constant Contact or Infusionsoft or whatever. The reply rate is really high too, because it looks like an actual real real email from a person. That's the part that interests me, how you can automate that process, but still... yeah have that, you know, special touch kind of feeling for your recipient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So say more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, How'd you we, do that? <laughs> well, it turns out that Google lets you do this. People have actually been doing this kind of thing for a long time. 
10, 15 years. I think the first time I saw somebody using mail merge was maybe 2007 or 2008. And they took a Word document that had a bunch of people's contact information. And they were able to, to tie that into Outlook to send each of them an email that looked personal. That's a really clunky thing to set up. And it's not very sophisticated. Doesn't allow you to do any tracking. You can't send follow-up campaigns to the people who don't reply. It's really kind of a burdensome to set it up. And so we set out to build something much more elegant than that. It has all the functionality of email marketing software that you would expect, except it works in your personal inbox. Connect 365 is really designed for smaller lists so that it really looks real. There's safeguards in place so people can't abuse it. You can't just load in 10,000 prospects, right? When you're advising people on creating their emails, I'm guessing one of the things that people may be concerned about is how can I make it feel personal? How do you guys approach that? I mean, one of the most common things is, is just a simple message. Like, let's say if you're connecting with people on LinkedIn and then funneling them into this system, I mean, the first message might just say something like, hey, we connected on LinkedIn a few days back. I just wanted to shoot you a note, say thanks for connecting. I like to keep in touch with my connections, so hopefully that's okay. I might send you something every few weeks or so. Something really simple like that. Maybe a couple of weeks later, another message, some sort of a content share or invite them to participate in an interview series or invite them to a group maybe that you own. If you like have a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group or something you manage, there's a lot of different ways to start to build that relationship. And it's not usually until maybe the fourth or fifth message that you might say, Hey, it's been great crossing paths here over the last few weeks. I'd love to set up a conversation to learn more about what you're up to and see how we might be able to help each other. And so that's really the crux of it. But uh, there's a lot of different variation and different paths you can take depending on your business and your goals. Right. Well, then what I'm hearing is it doesn't need to necessarily be tailored to them. I mean, the first message that you gave an example of feels super personal and it's a template email. Yeah. The goal is to come up with a series of messages that can be sent to all of your prospects because we don't have time to send everyone personalized one-on-one. Is there a specific kind of business that you would recommend this for more than others? And when should people start thinking about that versus just continuing to send out emails manually? B2B is obviously a fit. We have a lot of clients who are coaching and consulting agencies. We also have a lot of clients who are in what would be more considered B2C, business to consumer, things like insurance agents, financial services, network marketing, real estate. So in order to get started, what do they need to have in place? To be successful with our strategy, you do need to have a business and know what you're doing because otherwise... What are you emailing them about? Right. <laughs> yeah, you need to kind of know what you're doing, have, a, have an offer and, and be in a position to where you're ready to start uh, taking calls with people. It doesn't take much. The best thing to do is just get in the game and start doing stuff, start having conversations with people um, because there's never a perfect time. Was there any one particular either type of content or type of message in a note, in an email that was the best responded to? It's the follow-up that usually gets the most responses. You mean you send out something and then don't hear back and then follow up, that kind of a follow-up? Yes. A lot of people don't send the follow-up. They send the first thing, they don't get a response, and they think they must hate me. I'm never going to talk to them. <laughs> it's not that they're busy. That can't be it. Make up all kinds of stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Microsoft did a study of like 14,000 salespeople and it found that 50% give up after the first contact. 
half of salespeople, professional salespeople. With our system, though, usually you don't even invite them into a conversation or to talk business until fourth or fifth message. And so if the fourth message is the first time you ask them to have a conversation, you'll get as many or more people to say yes to the fifth message that says, hey, I hope you got my message last week. I just wanted to follow mm. up and, and see you know, if there's a good time for next week. And so many people be like, oh, yeah, I did see it. Sorry, I didn't got back to you yet. Let's, let's set up a time to talk. You know, and then to go back to that study that Microsoft did, they found that by the ninth contact, if you are still in the game, you have like a, I forget the exact stat, 95% chance of getting the business, something like that, because virtually everybody else is gone. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody else is still following up. Is that where the phrase, you need X number of touches, marketing touches? Yeah. Is it the, is I that think that's the same thing or slightly different? I do think it's all related because you need to make a certain number of touches for people to even start to open up to you to build trust and name recognition and create some top of mind awareness that will enable a campaign like ours to get somebody to even say yes, which is one of the reasons why the content sharing strategy posting on a regular basis on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever is a big part of the approach because we want people to be even before they start to get the messages, we want them seeing your name on a regular basis so that by the time you ask them to have a conversation, they've actually seen you a lot more than just a few messages prior to that. How are you getting people from all those various places over to an email address that you can actually email? On LinkedIn, you have access to the emails of virtually everybody you're connected to. Right, right. right. So that, that one's pretty simple. Would you recommend that people have you know, best for them to be in business, have an offer. Well, uh, I mean, you bring up a good point. You absolutely could use the process to say, I'm not sure what market I want to serve yet. Maybe you're a finance coach and you're thinking about a couple of different industries that you might be able to niche down into and focus on, but you're not sure quite yet which ones are really going to resonate. And so maybe you could build a list of a hundred prospects in each industry Mm. work them through these campaigns and line up some calls with a handful from each industry and test things out that way. We have a number of clients that have done stuff like that as well. I imagine surveys and research calls of all kinds would be, could be potentially used there. You can, yeah, you can use any sort of call to action that you want. And so many of our clients are using this to informally invite people to schedule a phone call or a Zoom call. You could absolutely work into these campaigns an invitation to a webinar or an event or a virtual summit. We had a, a client who recently did like 20,000 in sales on a virtual summit using our system to attract new prospects to the summit that never heard of him before. Where have you found uh, that people get stuck the most when implementing the strategy? Absolutely. The first place most people get stuck to be candid is just getting started. Right. And sometimes uh, it comes down to also sticking with it. You know, somebody will get started. Maybe it doesn't blow up immediately and create some huge smashing success in the first month. And they're like, oh, that didn't work. Move on to the next thing. You really shouldn't start at all if you have that kind of a uh, mindset coming into it. Any sort of marketing system that you're going to implement is going to take some time to get set up. Right. And then it's going to take some time to start working. If you have a tire kicker mindset, then you're going to get tire kicker results. So if you're just going to dip your toe in the water and try it for a little bit, don't expect that it's going to smash for you. Uh, but if you come in really committed and really do it, it's going to generate results for you. I always tell people, give it 90 days and you're going to get really great results from it. 
if you're not willing to kind of commit to at least that, it probably isn't the right thing for you. I think it's an important distinction for everyone to remember that the goal here is to have an actual conversation. You know, the dream of you have hundreds of thousands of people on your list and people are just buying directly off of email. This is not that. Yeah. What are some kind of fair expectations for people if they're sticking with this and actually doing the work for 90 days? If you're really just implementing our base methodology, usually five to 10 appointments a month is a realistic expectation. You're talking about one or two conversations a week with new people that otherwise you wouldn't have in your pipeline, potential clients. To be conservative in terms of how many of them will actually become clients, I usually tell people to be super conservative, really low, say like only one out of 10 Mm -hmm. says yes to working with you. So with that, if you're getting five to 10 appointments a month, you're getting a half to a full client each month. You know, so on average over the course of a year, that could be six to 12 clients, something like that. That can be a really meaningful starting point for sure. And can add six figures in revenue in the first year. And oftentimes people pretty quickly start to try and figure out how can I up that number more than a 10% conversion rate and more meetings too. Big picture. One of the things that I see a lot of people doing is dealing with obviously a lot of uncertainty in the world. It's like what's going on with the economy or what's going on with politics or whatever else is going on anytime. It's never ending, right? I like to uh, remind my clients that like none of that we can control. But what we can control is what we do in our businesses. And if we can make our businesses like this island of certainty that we can really rely on, then at least we can lock in our financial success, no matter what else is happening. And our happiness quotient. No matter what is going on, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. So if you want to achieve something greater in your business, in your life, you have to look for something new that's going to be different to get you a different result than what you've got in the past. So let's talk. I'm sure you've heard the expression, it's all in the follow-up. Josh's episode just now really epitomized this saying and totally drove home the value of personal messaging to generate warm and pre-qualified leads in pretty much any niche. What I found surprising is that Josh's strategy was not about adding to your email list by attracting people from social media. Yes, It uses email, but it's a far more direct effort to get these people into sales conversations. The goal is to craft a series of messages that are personal, but that can be easily used over and over to build trust and rapport with your prospects. And if you end up using Josh's Connect 365 system, you can even automate all of this. Thank you very much to Josh for sharing that intriguing blowing up strategy. And if you'd like to learn more, go and get Josh's gift to all of our listeners, an immediately available video training on how to structure lead generation campaigns to attract prospects and gain their trust and turn them into paying clients fast. You can access that at blowingup.rocks forward slash Josh. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Josh. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eaney, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, 
follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think, and they're afraid. They were, honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone, and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at, like, you know, my fears, going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but... uh, You know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.